Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance and Blue Pineapple Travel. This is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. We have for you this week, for the second week in a row, a race report podcast. On the same day that Smith Abarkey was running the Tokyo Marathon, Lauren Fogarty was running the Chattahoochee 5K. And just like with Smitha, we talked to Lauren immediately prior to the race, and then we talked to her after the race. And she's going to tell us a little bit about her goals, and then afterwards she's going to tell us about whether she met her goals and, and what's next for and all that sort of thing. We weren't originally planning to put out two Race Report podcasts in a row, but uh, a lot of things happened this weekend, including a win for our very own Patrick Ollinger at the Atlanta Half Marathon. So shout out to him and shout out to all the people who ran the brand new course on the newly named Atlanta Marathon uh, and Half Marathon. Uh, and 60 different push assist teams brought to us by the Kyle Pease Foundation, which is fantastic as well. So congratulations to all them too. But without further ado, let's hear what Lauren Fogarty has to say about the Chattahoochee 5K. All right, we have back with us Lauren Fogarty. And those of you who are listening to the podcast will remember Lauren Fogarty because she joined Patrick and me when we talked about the Boston Marathon in 2018. Welcome back, Lauren. Thanks. I'm glad to be back. And we're, we're, we're talking about a much different race this time, not only because it's not going to be, you know, pouring rain and snow and 30 degrees, but because <laughs> it's a lot shorter distance. Tell us what your big target race is tomorrow. Um, so my big race tomorrow is the Chattahoochee Challenge 5K. Sorry, Chattahoochee Road Race 5K. 5K, right on. So kind of the complete opposite end of the uh, distance spectrum. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, also a also a distance race that that can be very difficult too. So a much different kind of difficult, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I didn't run track or cross country or anything like that in high school, and I kind of got into endurance. I just kind of went right in with the triathlons, and so now I'm kind of backing up, I guess. But it is uh, <laughs> no less challenging. Yeah, no, for sure. for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's funny because I'll talk to. You know, triathletes or, or, or runners, you know, you talk to runners and, and you'll say, oh, I'm doing a 5K this weekend. They'll be like, oh, it's easy for you. You're a marathoner. It's like, no, if you think right. a 5K is easy, <laughs> you're not running it right. You know, same thing with like a sprint triathlon. You know, somebody says, oh, you've done Ironman. A yeah. sprint will be easy. No, it's super hard. It's shorter. It won't yeah. take as long, but it's really intense. So, yeah, much different. Um, yeah, just hard in a very different way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, talk, talk to us a little bit about your, since it's such a different race, talk to us about your training. Has it been different? It has been a lot different. Um, you know, obviously a lot more speed work and a lot more intensity than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was kind of used to going out and just, you know, just get it done. Just hanging for the distance or for the prescribed amount of time. And it wasn't, you know, pace didn't really matter so much. And, and now, actually, I remember at the beginning of this training cycle for this race, getting workouts on the track. I was like, oh, God, I have to run, like, an 800 to 10k pace that seems like so intense and now i'm like oh i get anything to like slow down to 10k pace now (laughs) um (laughs) because the the track workouts got progressively more intense and you know i just wasn't used to um to doing that quite frankly very often and certainly not you know once or twice a week like i have been so um right it was a lot of it was even just learning how to how to be really really uncomfortable (laughs) A different kind of uncomfortable. It's like, I mean, 
Right. See, I, I feel like one of the reasons why a lot of people who do long course races to do Ironmans and marathons like you've done and like I've done that a lot of them, um, they don't like the discomfort necessarily, but, but it's, it's an, it's a known discomfort. And when you say to them, okay, right. now you need to run or bike really hard or really fast, they still, they just don't quite get there. Um, and so a lot of folks, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say, hey, you need to go out and run a super hard 5K or you need to do these repeats at 5K pace. And they'll kind of do them at that same just sort, of, sort of hard place. Um, so, yeah, actually, learning, right. like you said, learning how to do that, um, learning how to actually put yourself into that really, really intense zone, I think is something that a lot of people who have experience in long course races struggle with. Right. And because, I mean, having done Ironmans and marathons, you know, I've done like the 5K swims and the century rides and the really long runs, but I, some of these track workouts, I definitely say are some of the hardest workouts that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Just, again, hard in a different way. Yeah. But you're done in 40 minutes, <laughs> right? So, mean, yeah, and then you can go about your day like a somewhat normal person. It's kind of <laughs> weird. Right, right. So, <laughs> so that is a whole different <laughs> that's a whole different thing too. I mean, just having so much more time than mm-hmm. I'm used to and not having to try to juggle or at least not feeling like I'm juggling so many things yeah. has been a really different aspect of this training as well. So that's been that's been cool. Yeah, for not sure. gonna lie. For sure. Very good. Very good. Tell us about how tell us about the course. What kind of course is this like? So three point one miles, five K obviously, but uh but but what's the course look like? Um, so it's on a local neighborhood road it's mostly out and back um you start at the top of kind of at the top of a hill and you run straight out for a while you turn around and you come back and it's mildly undulating okay uh which for me is a good thing i mean that was part of the draw um one of the reasons that i chose this race because i mentally you know i can't back this up with any kind of personal data but for me it's mentally better to have some variation it's not quite so um i don't know if monotonous is the right word but it just it helps break it up sure um and so after you turn around and start to come back toward the finish line the finish line is actually at the bottom of the hill Mm -hmm. so you you turn you kind of veer off to the right and then you go up the short the most significant hill is actually right near the end you go up the short steep hill take a right and then you're heading downhill for the last probably maybe two tenths of a mile. Okay. And um, so a downhill finish is obviously a big draw, mm-hmm. but um, I actually was a little nervous about that because I do remember the last time I ran it, my last mile of that race, which really should have been the fastest was not. And, um, and I, you know, it could have been the way that I ran the race. It could have been fitness. It could have been any number of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've incorporated running downhill um, at the end of some of my runs when I do my stride oh, to practice having that fast turnover and just to see, am I going to face plant if I try to run this pace going down the hill? <laughs> um, so I'm not going to not face plant yet, so hopefully tomorrow will not be the time when that happens. I don't think it will be. Um, I think you're good. Yeah. And it's, you know, this time of year, the weather is nice and cool. It's, fortunately not supposed to rain mm-hmm. knock on wood it's been raining for about two weeks straight here in atlanta mm-hmm. so it'll be nice not to get soaked when i go out running right on. um and it's not a huge field mm-hmm. being a faster course it does draw uh some faster runners for sure mm-hmm. but it's not 
you know, like you're elbowing people at the start or, right. you know, people are tripping over each other. Right. So, um, so it's a great little race. I mean, I recommend it for anybody who's looking for a 5K PR Very and good. lives in the area. Very good. And your and your goal time? What's your goal time? Under twenty minutes. Under twenty minutes. Nineteen fifty nine. Sure, I'll take it. Right on. As long right as on. there's a nineteen on the clock, yep. Right on. Very cool. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something to be said for it not being like super duper crowded, but but certainly being um, there's going to be people for you to run with. You know, there's going to be people for you to compete with. There's, right. You know, I, when you when you hit oh, the bottom, there'll be plenty of people yeah. that I'll be chasing too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you, when you hit the bottom of that last hill, you can look up and see some people that you're going to catch, and then of course you'll roll by them going down that hill since you practice going down the hill and they haven't. So, yeah. <laughs> very good. Hopefully so. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Um, so you and I were talking actually before we started recording here. You said that that tonight feels different. Um, getting ready for a big target 5k race tomorrow morning. How does tonight feel different from, you know, the races you've done in the past? Yeah, the whole day feels different because normally before a marathon or a long course triathlon, I would have every meal, you know, everything I wanted to drink and wear and nutritional content planned. And, um, and today has been, I almost didn't know what to do with myself. You know, I don't need to eat <laughs> huge quantities of carbohydrates. Right. I'm kind of like, I don't know what I should be eating. I went out for Thai food with my sister, spicy Thai food. I would never, ever do that before a marathon or right. an Ironman. Um, I guess we'll see what happens tomorrow. But it, but I am trying to keep some of the other things in place. Um like one weird thing, I always have like race pain on my toenails before I do a race. So I just before we got on the phone with finishing painting my nails. Okay. Um, right on. So I'm trying to keep some of the same rituals, but it it, it feels weird to have less to do, I think, right. than I normally would. Right. And also being able to sleep in later. You know, before a triathlon or a marathon, you're up at the crack of dawn. Right. You know, all I have to do is get across town, fifteen minute drive, and get there by seven and I'm pretty much ready to go <laughs> so that it just it feels weird to have you know not be packing out big bags of nutrition and wetsuits and all that sort of thing with that being said you're ready right you feel ready I do actually um last week my legs were feeling kind of sluggish which I think is the plan but it still makes you nervous you know getting sure. close to race day but uh, I had a good workout on the track on Tuesday and then today, actually, when I went out for my little easy run, um, my legs felt really good. So, and I'm starting to get, you know, kind of race day nerves. Mm -hmm. The nerves are the same as they would be for any, you know, marathon or longer race. Day. Yeah. The nerves are not any different. Right on. But, um, but yeah, I am feeling good. I'm excited. Very good. Very good. A little bit of nervousness is okay. And in fact, um, I think it's probably better to be a little bit more nervous for a 5K than it is for a marathon. Because in a marathon, you have to mm -hmm. you have to keep it so reined in, and for a while, right. for like an hour, you know. <laughs> I mean, you have to keep it reined mm -hmm. in for a long time. Exactly. Right? Whereas in in a five k, you you still wanna you still want to to try and run even splits. You don't want to run as fast as you possibly can from the gun, but but you can. Right. But you're going after it, yeah. Really, from 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 the very start. Yeah. Um, what what about after this? Are you gonna keep on the five k train? Or are you gonna uh you you gonna go back to your long course stuff? Or what do you think you're gonna do? Well, I guess I think I'm gonna meet my goal tomorrow. Um, okay. I think for the upcoming month, I'm gonna stick with the short 
and fast stuff. I do want to move into multi-sport and do some more triathlon. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think, I know it would certainly be good for my body to get back in the pool. Yeah. Um, I do miss riding my bike, so I do want to do some sprints and Olympics this season. And, mm-hmm. um, but I also, I do want to do a late fall marathon this year. All right. So Which I've one? got that kind of on the back burner. Which one do you think I think about? the California International Marathon. After having listened to this podcast about it, I was gonna say, for whatever reason, that's just falling to me. I heard nothing but good things. It'll be a little bit different this year, given the fact that, that um, there won't be as many Olympic trials qualifiers there, since a lot of them are going to be getting ready for the Olympic trials marathon to be held in Atlanta only right. a couple months later. But still, um, yeah, I hear good things. Um, yeah, so I was also thinking about Philadelphia, but... That's a for good whatever one. reason, California's just kind of calling my name. So. Right on. One of those two. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Lauren, we appreciate it. Good luck, and I'm looking forward to following up with you in just a couple of days when you're done with your race. All right. Sounds good. Bye, Lauren. Bye. So a lot of interesting stuff there from Lauren the night before her race. Uh, we waited a little while, and we're going to talk about that during the second half here before we caught up with Lauren. We waited about two weeks before we called her again, uh, and this is what she had to say about her race and how it went. Hello. Lauren Fogarty, welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. Thanks. Glad to be back again. So we talked to Lauren last time, you'll recall, actually just the night before her big Target 5K race, the uh, Chattahoochee 5K that she was doing there. Uh, And now it's actually been a couple of weeks. Um, So unlike our last interview, our last interview, I know that you listened to it, Laura, we interviewed Smitha about two weeks beforehand and then talked to her like two days later. You're kind of the opposite. We talked to you right beforehand and then now we're talking to you two weeks afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. But, But thanks for coming back. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. All right, so so don't keep us in suspense. Tell us how your race went. <laughs> um, so I guess overall, it it was a good race. Um, I didn't quite, I didn't meet my goal of running under 20 minutes, which at first I was a little bummed about. Not gonna lie, um, but I, it was still a PR. Um, I was still within the same minute as my previous PR, so I guess for some reason it just doesn't seem quite as momentous of an occasion mm-hmm. um but i mean you know i guess i shouldn't really complain that much um when within the same minute of the of of your old pr what do you mean within the same minute of it you mean you you beat your pr oh, by less than a minute correct like my old pr um at the same race last year was a 2052 mm-hmm. i want to say and so this year i ran a 2037 okay so 15 seconds so still i guess um Still in the, the 20th minute. Gotcha. Is what I was trying to say. Gotcha. So my results, you know, it doesn't show that I'm like down an extra number, if that makes sense. It does. It does. It makes total okay. sense. Yeah. So, so you, you, did, you okay. didn't quite didn't quite break through the barrier the way that you had hoped to. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, well, tell us about the race itself. I mean, how did it unfold? Um, so I woke up. Um, actually, I should back up a little bit. It was interesting because leading up to this race, um, the few nights leading up to it, I was just as nervous as I would be for any big long distance race, any marathon, any Ironman I've ever done. Um, I was like waking up in the middle of the night a couple times. I started lighting my lavender candles so I would sleep better through the night. I mean, it was really, I didn't feel like there was any less pressure on me just because this was a shorter race, which I wasn't really 
expecting, but um, but I just think that it lends more validity to the 5K distance. Um, I gained a whole new respect for it. Um, so anyway, I uh, was feeling really good the day before the race. I went out for my pre-race run, and I definitely felt some, you know, snap in my legs. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm I'm feeling ready for this. And I woke up race morning and um, definitely had a lot of nerves. I was I was really really nervous. I guess more than I expected to be. Um, but I warmed up, you know, I did some quick, you know, pickups at 5k speed towards the end of my 10 minute warm up, like we had talked about. Mm-hmm. I made sure to get a good place right at the start line with all the people that seem a lot faster than I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I saw some friends out there. I was talking to them and, you know, telling them my goal. And, um, and I was, uh, Kind of, I don't want to say shaking, but I mean, I was really, really nervous when the gun went off. I mean, I felt like I was, um, I don't know, I guess almost dizzy with nerves would be the only way to Mm -hmm. describe it. Maybe kind of of jittery, is jittery a word that you might use to describe it? Yeah, yeah, jittery, I guess is probably better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I took off and I was running and uh, I wasn't trying to be too attached to my watch just because every time I look at my watch, I slow down <laughs> mm-hmm. and I knew that I didn't really have time for that for any kind of error. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the first mile kicked off, I was about 10 seconds slower than I knew my average needed to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, um, that's, you know, not what I planned, but maybe I can still make it up somehow. And so I just, you know, kind of tried to ignore it and keep running. And, um, the second mile of that race is definitely the hardest because, uh, that's where most of the kind of rolling hills are and that's where the turnaround is. The turnaround, um, maybe that's something I should practice is how to turn around and not lose so much momentum because mm-hmm. um, I could definitely feel myself losing momentum in the turnaround. Hmm. Um, so then the second wheel kicked off and that was about 20 seconds slower than I intended. And I was like, Ooh, this is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I can still run <laughs> off. Maybe I can still pick up 30 seconds in the last mile, mm-hmm. um, which I knew was pretty unrealistic. But, you know, what did I have to lose at that point? And I uh, tried to do what I could, and I did pick it up a bit in the last mile. Um, but it still obviously wasn't enough to take off all that time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, was, I was able to run the finish like I wanted to, because I know the past few times that I've done that race, I felt like I was holding myself back because I was just trying not to face plant mm-hmm. going down that hill. But having done some practice in training, running quickly downhill definitely helped a lot. And I didn't feel that I was having hold myself back at all, mm-hmm. um, which was good. And so, yeah, so I ended up uh, crossing the line in 2037, which, you know, and a lot of people said to me, oh, you know, oh, you're so close. Like, oh, that's nothing. And, but 37 seconds in a 5K is, you know, a much greater amount of time than it is in a marathon, half marathon, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, in a way, I guess it's better than, you know, had I run like a 2005 or something, <laughs> you know, right on the line and probably be even more upset about it. Mm-hmm. So I guess in a way, maybe that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I definitely, you know, looking back, I, I don't know that I could have run any harder that day. Mm-hmm. I think maybe on that day, I just, you know, wasn't quite capable of running the pace that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I guess, I mean, other than obviously not being as fast as I wanted to be, I was happy overall with the way that I executed it otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't go out at some ridiculously fast pace and then die off, um, which I was happy about. In, in fact, your last mile was your fastest mile, right? Yes. Yeah. I forget exactly what it was, but yeah, I guess it must have been mm-hmm. because my average was pretty close to whatever I ran for the first mile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so your, your last mile was your fastest mile. You PR'd. Did you get an age group award? Mm-hmm. I did. I did with my age group. One year age group. So, so yeah. So, so that was nice. So there's a lot of silver linings, I guess is my point. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, and, and yeah. so, so so there are some some things to take away from, and some things you can be proud of. I mean, I always feel like what you said that you ran the best that you could on that day. I always feel like that mm-hmm. th- there, there's something to be said for the satisfaction that comes from that. I think um, that, definitely that you know, to me, there's nothing worse than crossing the finish line and being like, "Wow, I could have really run better than that," and I just kind of blew the execution of the race, or or. I just kind of wimped out when it got hard or something else like that. And you didn't do any of that, right? No, no, that's, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't really think there was much of anything that I could have done differently or better. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's talk about why, about, about maybe why you feel that, that you didn't quite get that goal. Do you think your training was off? Do you think you were, do you think maybe the nervousness was maybe a little bit too much? What do you think? It's hard to say. Um, I mean, I guess the nervousness could have played a part in it for sure because I, I definitely had nerves blow other races. I mean, not a lot, but it has happened. So that could be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I don't think that my training was off. Um, maybe I just need a little more time. Maybe um, I just wasn't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm hoping there's still a chance in the future. Yeah. And you're, and you're still kind of moving in that direction, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's something something I'll kind of mention. Um, there's a coach, um, a really well-known coach named Michael Smith, um, and he's currently the coach of, of Northern Arizona, um, the Lumberjacks, uh, their cross-country and their distance team. Uh, and they've run uh, – They've been the best cross-country team in the United States over the course of the past three years. The men's team has. Um, and and it's very difficult to win team titles in cross-country because you have to have so many good runners and it's so competitive. Uh, and they've been able to win multiple mm-hmm. titles in a row. In a row. Um, I heard him being interviewed one time uh, a couple years ago, and I thought about this a lot. Um, and he was talking about how you should never talk to your athletes about times. Um, because that'll, that's interesting. that, that'll kind of get in their head a little bit too much and that I'll prevent them from being able to get into a flow state. Um, because they'll get okay. so kind of hung up on the time that they won't concentrate on staying in the moment and executing their best race. Um, and, and I definitely kind of, from my own, from my own personal experience, I think that's true. My personal experience as an athlete, that's true. Um, but I struggle with that as a coach. Because I think because okay. I think that your goal of sub twenty minutes is like a real goal and it's a good goal and and there's a difference between twenty oh five and nineteen fifty five 
Um, you know, if you have right. somebody whose goal it is to Boston qualify, which you've done, um, there's a difference between a Boston qualifying time and a not Boston qualifying time, even if the on- difference is only right. you know, six seconds. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I, I struggle with as a coach how to how to encourage you to hey, just go out and run your best race, but at the same time, be mindful of the fact that the time actually does kind of matter a lot of times. Do you know what I mean? I mean. Right. I'm kind of thinking out loud here. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? And do you think that maybe this experience sheds any light on that? Um, I do. I think that I remember one of your earlier podcasts. I think it was leading up to, um, I guess it must have been Philadelphia, because that's the most recent marathon that you've run, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, and talking about how you were trying to get really just in the best running shape that you could possibly be in going to the race. Mm-hmm. going into the race versus I guess having all kinds of set times that you were trying to hit and so forth. Right. And so I think, I do think there is a lot to be said for that because if, if you are in the best shape for the race that you're targeting, um, it would seem like the time would kind of take care of itself, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. And all, all of, um, and as an athlete, all of my best maybe. races have, 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 have been that way. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it, but it's, it's just, it's kind of a hard nut to crack. It's kind of, kind of hard to find that balance. Um, do you know what I mean? As, as a coach, it's hard for it me is. to be, it's hard for me to say to you, mm-hmm. Lauren, Hey Lauren, I know your goal is sub 20 minutes, but just go out there and have the best race you can. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and I know that. Right. Right. I, I know that saying, Hey, just have the best race you can. Don't worry about the time. Just run really, really, really hard. Maybe that will be the thing to, to that, that will best get you into a flow state, but Twenty minutes matters. I mean, that, that's your goal. Is that your, your your goal is a time? So, right. So yeah, I just you know when when I, when I was you know to use the example you just mentioned when I was training for for Philadelphia, I had time goals in mind, but they definitely, I, I definitely had a very wide variance of time goals that I would have been happy with. <laughs> you know. Okay. And mm-hmm. so so I didn't have a very specific time goal, um, and so I, it kind of gave me the freedom to be able to to approach it with a little bit uh, grayer goals um right but well that so with that being said that that actually maybe that that segues into to talking about what you did a week later so like i said it's been two weeks since you actually ran your 5k you went out last weekend and ran a 10k right i did yes tell tell Um, us about that i ran the i ran the silver comet 10k which is um I can't believe I didn't know about this race before. <laughs> uh, usually it falls on the same day as Charles Harris, which right. uh, most people, everyone seems to gravitate towards Charles Harris. And Charles Harris is also a great race. Um, mm-hmm. But for whatever reason this year, the uh, people who put it on decided to take a break. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for a 10K, a, a fast 10K to do, because that race is pretty fast. Right. Um, and someone mentioned the Silver Comet 10K, and I was like, oh, I had no idea that there was a 10K on the Silver Comet, uh, especially on that day. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I had run, I think for the past two years, back-to-back PRs on both those weekends at the Chattahoochee Road Race and then the following weekend at Charles Harris. And so I was kind of hoping to repeat that this year. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really focused on this 10K because I'd been thinking so much about um, – about the 5k but you know why not Mm -hmm. um so yeah so i signed up and then 
the night before the race, I had kind of a frustrating day, unrelated to race things. And my mind was just kind of like, ah, whatever. I've got to get up and do this race tomorrow. Here we go again, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I woke up in the morning, you know, it was kind of a little rainy. And I was like, oh, it's going to rain. I don't really feel like doing this. But I signed up. I guess I better. And uh, I got out there and I started warming up. And I was like, oh, my legs do not feel good. They just feel, <laughs> you know, like two logs. You know, I feel like I'm working really hard and this is like my easy warm-up pace. What is going on? And, uh, and I was like, ah, you know, whatever. I'll just run and see what happens. And I ran into a friend of mine right before the race and she was like, oh, you're going to do so well. And I was like, no, I don't really think so. I just, I'm not feeling, you know, fast this morning. And she was like, oh, you never know. And I was like, ah, she doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I wanted to the start of a race and it's, it's not a huge race. And, um, and then as soon as the gun went off and I started running, it was like the clouds parted. All of a sudden I had some snap in my legs and felt pretty good. And I was like, okay, I'm going to ride this and see, see how long I can ride this wave for and just go for it and see what happens. Right on. And, um, and I had a I had a PR and I won the race. Yeah, the, you did. I won the women's race, <laughs> which was not expected. Even during the race, I really didn't realize that I was um, the first woman for a long time. Did uh, is this your first time ever winning a race overall? Um, no, I've won a couple very small neighborhood five Ks, but mm -hmm. definitely. I think this is the largest race I've ever won, and it's the only 10K I've ever won, won and probably will ever win. Right on. Um, I, 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 but yeah, I don't so know about was, that second part, but, 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 about but that. yeah, very cool. Very cool. Um, and so, I mean, I think it's interesting. So I, I love that you were able to kind of bounce back and have a good race. I think it's funny, like literally the, the inverse of the <laughs> of the experiences, you know, that, that you weren't nervous and you kind of went, <laughs> but, but, but it also kind of fuels my continued reflections on, on how best to get yourself in the right headspace for a really successful effort. Listeners, you'll appreciate perhaps that I knew that Lauren was signed up for the Silver Comet 10K, and so I actually put off the follow-up interview <laughs> because I was I was thinking that she was probably going to run pretty well, and I was hoping <laughs> I was hoping that we could enter in this uh, this this post interview this post race report here on a positive note, and we can because you were in the winner's circle, and it was it was a and you had to fight for it, right? Didn't you say that the 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 second place woman came up on you at like the four mile mark, and you just dropped her like a bad habit or something like that? <laughs> not quite like that she actually blew by me near the end of the first mile mm -hmm. and from the back i thought she was a high school kid and i was mm -hmm. like oh she's gone and um and i really hadn't paid attention at the start of the race to really any other women around me there were a bunch of guys that you know shot off way ahead of me and i really had no idea that she and i were the first two women for a long time mm -hmm. and so she blew by me near the end of the first mile mm -hmm. and then um i kind of came back up on her somewhere near the end of mile two mm -hmm. and I ran up next to her and she kind of tried to surge ahead. And again, I wasn't really, I mean, at that point I really did not care about my place and any kind of standing age group or otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, I'm just going to keep running my pace and she can do whatever she wants to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she dropped back and then it probably wasn't until I want to say mile five 
the end of mile four, I ran by an aid station and they were cheering saying that I was the first woman. I was like, Oh wow, really? <laughs> and so then from that point I was like, okay, well now that I'm up here, I don't want to, I want to win this thing. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to drop off. Right on. And, uh, I thought I heard her running up behind me at one point, but then I turned back and it turned out to be a guy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I just tried to hold on to my, to my pace until the end of the race. And, and I did, and I held her off. Right on. It was super gratifying. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good. Congratulations. All right. So what's next? Well, thanks. Um, so I am going to try another 5k in a couple of weeks. One on the Chattahoochee River, so we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple more five Ks kind of in my back pocket that I would like to see if I can break the twenty minute mark mm-hmm. um, before it gets too hot. Because mm-hmm. once the weather gets too hot, I think I'll be done for until next year. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, I'll be targeting, you know, like I said, a big marathon in the fall and over the summer, probably some shorter triathlons. Just short local stuff. That's a good plan, I think. In the event that you do end up breaking 20 minutes in one of those, I will wish you a very hearty congratulations, and we might even bring you on to talk about it just a little bit more. <laughs> if that's okay with you. <laughs> okay. Sounds right. like a plan. All right. Very good. Absolutely. Very good, Lauren. All right. Well, congrats. Um, congrats on all the, all the improvement. Cause I do feel like you've improved a great deal over the course of the past several months. Um, I know that the, the, the 5k didn't quite go the way that you wanted it to. I do I, think so also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I think you've improved as a runner. Um, I think you're stronger overall. And I think that that will, that will ultimately manifest itself in, in the sort of times that you want to see. So congrats. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. Well, well, Lauren, we appreciate you coming on the podcast once again. Thanks for volunteering for the race report. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to, to learn from your experience here. Always happy to be here. Thanks, Lauren. Bye-bye. Bye. And that'll do it for another edition of the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance and Blue Pineapple Travel. Once again, you can reach out to me, George, at george at itlcoaching.com. You can reach out to Patrick, patrick at itlcoaching.com. You can send us an email at pleasantpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter, at pleasantpodcast, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast. Don't forget to reach out to our sponsors as well. You can find ITL Coaching and Performance at itlcoaching.com, at itlcoaching on Twitter, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash performance. Finally, of course, Blue Pineapple Travel. You can find them at facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, bluepineappletravel.com, and on Instagram, instagram.com slash bluepineappletravel. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. On behalf of Patrick Ollander, this is George Darden. We'll see you next time on the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast.